welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets Podcast. Aaron Ports on with you on a Wednesday evening. It's finally nice, beautiful Columbus, Ohio. Allison Lucan is here. Hello. I had to turn my air conditioning on at one point today. Wow. It's not, yeah, I'm not there yet. It does, though. It saddens you a bit, Allison, because this feels like, well, this is when the playoffs are supposed to start, right? Yes. This yeah. is the weather. You're supposed to be hot walking into the rink, and then you cool off when you get into the rink because it's the springtime, and it's the NHL, and it's the playoffs. Blue Jackets almost certainly not going to be part of that party this year. They are instead most likely to be sellers at the trade deadline. We will get into all of that. There's lots of sort of machinations there with Felino, Savard, Delzato, maybe more. Uh, first, some injury news. Um, today, the Blue Jackets... Uh, announced that Boone Jenner, actually John Tortorella announced on his radio show <laughs> roughly 12 hours before the team was prepared to announce it, um, yes. that Boone Jenner has a broken finger and will be out for the rest of the year. This comes on the heels of News Tuesday that Riley Nash has a sprained left knee, MCL, and is out four to six weeks. He's almost certain to miss the rest of the season. As well, so now, Allison, in case the losing's not enough, you're take in case the the center ice position isn't thin <laughs> enough already. Let's take two of the sort of known quantity veterans out of the picture. A um, couple of pretty big hits here. Yes, this is true, but um, I have had some fans reach out to me and say that uh, they've shifted their focus to something they haven't had to do in a while, and that is watch scoreboards for draft positioning. And if you are those people, um, this might be perhaps something that you see as, as, while not great, and you certainly don't want to see anyone get hurt, um, might help your agenda if that is one that you are pursuing. One thing I thought about today, too, is a coach like John Tortorella has so much trust in a Boone Jenner. Yes. That you have now signed off on this season for all intents and purposes. They're still going to, they're still going to can be competitive and try. We know that. But this forces the coach now, forces him to play Texier, Domi, um, Roslovic, maybe Stenlin in the middle. And if I think they got to play the long game here a little bit the rest of the way because they didn't have many options to begin with. They have even fewer now. And so those guys are going to get a, a, a challenge uh, come high hell or high water here. A hundred percent. And again, you know, listen, I'm not, I'm certainly not saying people should be happy with this season. This is the team you follow. This is the team you want to see win that you often pay a lot of money to see hopefully win. Um, but there is, there is value in that. We've talked about that. Um, if, if pieces need to move, if pieces are not good enough, if pieces are not on a path that takes them in the direction this club needs them to, you need to find that out. And, and now that, that is, more forcibly going to have to happen. Yeah, yeah, and you're going to get a better read on the guys that are going to be here next year. Uh, exactly. Roslovic is going to be here. Domi's going to be here next year. You would think there can always be trades, but they have contracts for next year. Um, this is going to inform the Blue Jackets when they get get about their business in the off season um, in terms of rebuilding that position because that is a position that desperately needs to be rebuilt. Um, and so there's so much is going to change. And, and by them having that just 
God, disgusting road trip, Allison. One in five. Mm. The losses in Detroit were just still unfathomable. Um, now they know. There's some clarity here. Yeah. And and so Yarmo Kekalainen goes into the trade deadline as a seller. It's weird. Last night they beat Tampa Bay pretty convincingly. Played very well. And you're like, God, they're three points out again. Like, and then Nashville wins, and you go, Oh yeah, they're five. Like that's how hard it right. is. It takes right. so much more than you just playing well at this point. And they've not sustained playing well. So if if you're Yarmo Kekalainen, you can't really justify holding on to anything in the faint hope that that a run's going to happen. Um, so players to to be moved. I think the player for them uh, that would be most easily moved, and we'll start with him, uh, Allison, is David Savard, who yep. there are a collection of teams. There's a lot of teams that would love to have a defenseman, go, an extra defenseman going into the playoffs, a guy that they could put into their top four, a shutdown guy. Um, I think Winnipeg jumps off the page. I think Boston is interested. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay is known to be interested, although I'm not sure they could afford that because they've got significant cap issues. Of course, there are sleepers that, that could be interested and out there. Uh, your thoughts on the Blue Jackets trading David Savard and what the marketplace looks like and how interesting this could get. Yeah, I mean, I, I've said the f- from the beginning of these conversations that this is a player that his next contract that he is going to earn, which is fine, is is going to be one that the Blue Jackets should not pay. Um, it's just going to be too rich for how many years he will probably actually be truly competitive. Um, and this isn't unique to David Savard. This happens to players all the time. Yep. But this is not a player that was going to be with this organization, even if they did compete, in my opinion, next year. So you, it's time to move on. Um, it's time to appreciate the player for what he did for you and and say goodbye. Um, I think that it, it, what's going to be interesting to me is the timing of all this, right? Because I don't think that this is going to be, and every year trade deadline ends up being kind of a dud compared to what we always hope. But I don't think this is going to be a fast and furious deadline. Right. And so I, if do moves start happening sooner, maybe. Um, but I think that Yarmo Kekalainen is probably listening to offers. And from his perspective, for an organization that needs picks, that needs to build up as much in the coffers as they can, he wants to be one with one of the most valuable defensemen. He wants to get the teams that are urgent and and have this as a priority. So it, it might happen even before Monday. Who's to say, right? Yeah, I think his plan is to take it is to take it deep here and let there be let let there be a bidding war. But I think there's a risk in that. Um, I agree. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I I think um, quietly there are a lot more sellers than people realize. For sure. And a lot fewer buyers than people realize. And in some cases, I'm not sure it's about the standings. And I say that because of the COVID impact. I think there are some GMs that are being leaned on to sell that fans don't maybe would not believe that right now. Yeah. Um, so. Well, and I, I think too, like the thing is that for, for a hot minute, the blue jackets were quote unquote back in it. Yeah. And so the national talk was, okay, well, if David Savard's off the market, so, so now these teams know who else is out there. Sure. Right. These aren't sure. teams that maybe have had David Savard as their top target. So it's not that his value has diminished, but more that, maybe his prioritization has diminished because people see that there can be maybe other options. So that's why I think 
it could be a quicker move than a later move. Because waiting is a risky choice this this year, in my opinion. Yeah, it could be. Because if there aren't that many buyers, you could end up getting right. stuck. Um, the other thing that, that intrigues me with um, the Nashville Predators playing their way back into the race. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthias Eckholm was, or Matthias Eckholm, sorry, was seen to be the number one guy available. Yes. And if you couldn't get Eckholm, you went to get Savard. Yes. Well, now Eckholm is, is, for all intents and purposes, off the market because Nashville's back in it. Right. And Savard, by most people's opinions, is at the top of the list of available defensemen. And so if you're Yarmo, that's a really good place to be. And a player that I I want to say a month ago, I'm not sure you could have even dreamed of getting a first-round draft pick for Savard. You may still not be able to. But if he's the top dog and you've got three teams talking to you and those three teams are guaranteed to make the playoffs, which Tampa Bay is, Winnipeg is, Boston's kind of sketchy, actually. But it's going to be a late first round draft pick. Um, I don't I would have never guessed, Allison, that David Savard could bring a first round draft pick. And again, he may not. But there are lots of people in the league who think that he could. And that, it, that to me, is an offer that the Blue Jackets should jump all over. Oh, a million percent. A million percent. And, you know, and that's, again, my take is that there's value there. I, just as you outlined, this is a marquee guy. But because the market is somewhat depressed, this is also a market where if a team gets sick of waiting and says, well, I can go get this other guy and that's fine and it's not going to cost me as much, they may go do that. Yeah. And to your point, then you're stuck holding the bag. Sure. So, um, I, you know, it's it's one of the rules of negotiation. You set the asking price, and if you get it, you go. Yes. You yep. don't wait to see if it gets any better. If you get it, you go. You have to be happy yeah. with what you determined before you enter the negotiation in the first place. Bidding war would be fun, though, wouldn't it? Whoop. Like just hearing them make jackasses out of themselves. I'll throw, give me oh, this prospect. Like it'd be great. Come on, Yarmo. <laughs> here we go. Um, the other player is, is Nick Felino, and we spoke with Nick Felino today. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought he was great as as he usually is. Um, it's pretty clear where this is going. He and Yarmo Kekalainen have talked. If there's a trade that makes sense to Yarmo Kekalainen, I don't think he makes that trade without going to Nick Felino first. For sure. That's that's uh that's called respect in the National Hockey League. And but it sure seems as though uh Felino is open to going uh to the right team, to the right situation. And the teams this is really interesting to me, Allison. This'll you'll you'll perk up here too, I think. Not that you need to. Uh, <laughs> teams interested in Nick Felino appear to be uh, let me find it in my sterling copy that is just close to being filed here. Hang on a second. Uh, Colorado. Okay. Toronto. Okay. The New York Islanders. Okay. And the Minnesota Wild. Ah, okay. Now think about that. A Felino Brothers reunion. Yeah, but if I'm Nick Felino, if I can get to Colorado, whoo! Yeah, right. You know, what a team. Oh, for sure. But you know, he'd go to Minnesota too. Well, that's his dream. Sure, that's his dream. That's the brother's dream. Is it his dream, or is it his dream to win a cup? Because he can sign anywhere he wants next year. That's right, and I think it's totally open, totally open, f- that he could come back here next year as well. 
uh, again. Sure. And For it's been sure. done before. For sure. Uh, I think Jamie Pusher was here three different times. Jeff Sanderson, a noted, hmm. came back. Um, it, it's not unheard of, and I think it could happen again. But you also have to be prepared, be prepared for once the guy's gone and, and has another experience elsewhere. Right. You don't know for sure that he's coming back. So for sure, uh, it's it sounds a little strange to say, and also I'll be accused of being melodramatic. Nick Felino could have two games left in a Blue Jacket sweater if you want to think of it that way. Yep, it's true. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I mean, you know, Nick has talked as many players do about you know, you start to realize the years, the opportunities are limited to chase the cup. Absolutely. And, you know, we saw his, uh, we were privileged to see his release after this team swept Tampa Bay two years ago. Um, and just to finally get something um, after chasing it for so long. And so, uh, the, you know, for for me, if I'm Nick Felino, and if Colorado is in fact interested, that I'd, that'd be number one on my list. Yeah, that's a, such a strong team. Oh, that's such a, such a scary a good team. team. That is a scary yeah. good team. Um, yeah. And they're going to be. This is a this is a very pivotal year for them because they've got some tough decisions to make this off season. They're going to yes. probably have to break up the band a little bit this off season because of the numbers that are going to be be coming back on contract offers for those guys. Um, yep. I, I Felino is not the most desired forward out there. Taylor Hall is available. Kyle Palmieri is available. And Allison's that this brings me uh, to this topic, and it touches a little bit on Riley Nash that we spoke about earlier. Do you sit Nick Felino for these last two games? Uh, and I ask that Taylor Hall has been scratched by Buffalo, healthy scratch, uh, to protect the commodity of of trade value. Uh, Kyle Palmieri's been scratched, I believe, two games now by the Devils because he's expected to be moved too. Do you take that step with Felino and Savard? And does the Riley Nash injury, another guy that was likely to be traded, probably for a fourth, fifth, sixth round pick or such, he's now injured well past the trade deadline. It's going to be really hard to trade him now. How how freaked out does that make you? Um, for, for This is terrible to say this, but for Savard, I... I mean, he's played full seasons how many times or missed like just a game because of illness. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is a I might be more willing to take the risk with Savard. Um, Felino, if there's a li- back to this idea of are people are going to be even willing to pay the price, which I, I have to believe you have at least a small sense of at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, if it, if it's and if and let's go back to if Nick has said, yes, I'm willing to be traded then I think you might let him play Thursday against Tampa, but that might be it. Um, I don't know how much more after that you do. And and that would be, I could, I could see a version of this where, you know, Nick says, let me have one more game on home ice. It's Tampa, that whole thing, yada, yeah. yada, yada. And, and then that's it. But if he continues to play, I, it could be a signal that the player has said, no, I prefer not to be moved. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I'd sit them both. I'd okay. sit them both because it scares me, especially if you think there's anything close to a Savard. And the reason I'm a little unnerved from the Blue Jackets is a guy who's never hurt. Boone Jenner broke a finger last night, and he's out probably for the rest of the year now. These things come in 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 waves, Allison. Boone Jenner is hurt all the time. Uh, Do I need to pull out my spreadsheets? No, please don't. Please okay. don't. 
But Boone Jenner is this indestructible. I don't even know what the hell the reference was today from Nick, but it was fantastic. Um, oh, it was from Remember the Titans, wasn't which it? I've seen like six movies in my entire life, and I've not yeah. seen that one, so I didn't get the reference. That's a whole nother podcast. Yes. In my in my notes, it says you cannot replace Gary Bertier. Dot 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 something Titans. Remember the Titans. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So okay. listen. So look that up. You know what? I'm not going to help you here. You know what you need to do. You what? know what you need to do. Hmm. You need to watch. It's a good movie. Is it? You've said yes. that before about other movies. Okay, let's. You want to go there because the movie I've said it the most about that you refuse to watch. You know what? Is the Princess Bride? You know that what? is unacceptable to me. Tell you know, me. I've watched it. And did you love it? It was cute. Oh come on! It was. It was. It was cute. It was cute. It's a wonderful movie. It was cute. I liked it. It didn't take itself very seriously, which was charming. Um, Michael Del Zotto, Allison, (laughs) yanking us back to hockey. Yes, please. He, I think there's, that's a serviceable guy that, that could be of interest. He's been traded twice before at the trade deadline. Uh, Those are guys. I don't think you, you trade for him as your five, six guy. You probably trade for him as your six through eight guy, six through nine guy. If you think you're making a long run, you -hmm. need those guys. I don't think he won a cup with the blues. I don't think he played in the final. And I think it could be a similar scenario. So I think you're looking at a late round pick or maybe even a, a whatchamacallit, a, con, a, a conditional pick for him. But that's a guy, I don't take him out of the lineup if you want to play him, but that's a guy I think could also be on the move. Um, but here's where it gets really interesting. And I've, I've poked around on this, writing something for later in the week um, about this. The Blue Jackets goaltenders, at yes. some point, that, oh, this is my thing. Yes, please continue. Go ahead. At some point, that bubble is going to burst. They're going to trade one yes. of those guys. Yes. And as of three weeks ago, the feeling I got from people around the league was, oh, that's an off-season move for them. <sighs> and now, if you think about where they were three weeks ago, right? well, I wouldn't have traded one of them then either, if you still think you've got a shot. Yes. Now that they're in sell mode, I wonder about this and I think it's a hell of a topic. I think I think it's a I think it's a concern that the front office is probably having a lot of meetings about and really looking ahead because you remember they they would have traded one of these guys last summer. Yes. But the market was so soft because there were so many free agents flooding it. And so why are you going to trade why are you going to trade a prospect to pick whatever, a player, a roster player and a prospect, what have you, to the Blue Jackets and then play the the new goalie's salary when you could just sign a guy as a free agent, a veteran guy, Mm -hmm. and just pay a salary. You don't don't have to gut your prospect list. Mm -hmm. And so they had a a really hard time uh, moving a goalie last year, and so they didn't do it. I applaud them for that. But you wonder, who's to say it doesn't? doesn't become the same thing this summer. Now, I look at the list of guys that are UFAs this summer. Tuka Rask, uh, Anderson, Ranta, Reimer, Grubauer, Mrazek, Riddick, Allmark, Halak, Dreger in, or Dreger in, in Florida. That's a lot of guys. Now, some of those guys may re-sign, but you could, you could potentially find another soft market this summer. And so I'm wondering... If they get the right offer right now and you know that you're you're not going to make it in in the playoffs this year, should is there any reason they shouldn't trade a goaltender now? 
I have been saying this for forever, that there was, everyone's talking about Felino and Savard, and I have been saying, what about the goaltenders? Because if you are not going to make the postseason, you do not need these two players. Yeah. And they are valuable. Even this Blue Jackets team traded for a third goaltender when it wasn't required when they expected to make their most significant push. Yeah, Kincaid. So I have zero issue with it as long as they, again, set the value and get the value that they have set and don't compromise. Yeah, now the tricky thing is the one team that is quickly becoming apparent as needing a goaltender urgently, um, because it's it's always such a tricky position, right? Like Edmonton, Edmonton feels like they're covered right now, but Mike Smith is their goalie. And he's like 38, 39 years old. So they don't necessarily want to spend on a goalie now, but they want to in the offseason. So if you're the Blue Jackets, well, now that's a consideration. But again, that's the offseason. I think Detroit needs a goalie in the Mm offseason. But teams that need one right now, the one that's starting to sort of jump to the fore is the Washington Capitals, who have not been pleased with Samsonov and thought he was the guy of the future. And he's not had a great year. Right. Do, uh, we're going to be back in the Metro. The, the, we're going to be back with the Metro division as it's been next year. Do you want to trade one of these guys in the division or do you care? I think if you can get a significant return, you trade them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And if you trade, if you trade the one I think you should trade, I think it'll be fine. Corpusalo. Yes. Yeah. Now the issue, if you're, the other problem Part of this is, and this has been pointed out by GMs too, if you trade a, tra- a goalie at the trade deadline and your object is a pick, by definition, the pick you're going to get is most certainly going to be in the bottom half of the first round. Right. Because they're playoff teams. Right. So you, there better be a prospect you like from the Capitals. The other thing is, if it's a roster player you want for that goalie, which Columbus may want a roster player. Right. That's a tough one too, because I think I think they may trade for a lesser goalie for coverage, so they don't have to take out of their roster their lineup heading into the playoffs. So it's it's tricky in a lot of different ways. Yeah, but if you now let's go back to where we started. If you get a low round first round pick for David Savard and a low round first round pick for a goaltender, those two pieces together can help significantly to get a higher first round pick. So, see, this is where I start to say wheel and deal. Let's yeah. go. Now, I would I would think those goalies with an additional year with their youth and with the ability to have them stick around for a number of years, Savard's probably got three years or four years left. Yep. I would think the return is that pick or that pick and something. Yep. A, prospect another pick a future first as well whatever um but yeah and yeah well, let me let's um let's deal with this because i think this is well can i say one more thing on the of goalies? course yeah yeah please. i mean this is the thing like you talk about how people might wait till the off season the each of these guys is so freaking affordable right now yeah right and again the climate matters right now teams can't you may want to sign Drieger or whomever the heck it is, but it might not be the price you want to pay. This here, you know the price and you know you've got another year. That's right. And you know you've got a young guy. So again, I, I do not 
it, it, it blows my mind that people are not sniffing around this more because I think it's a significant value piece that the Blue Jackets have to move. And if you're Yarmo and you get the deal you want, I would think there'd be a significant measure of relief to have a very large issue taken off of your plate heading into the summer. 100%. He's got enough to do. Oh, he's got enough to do. Yeah. He's got enough to do. Oh, there's a lot to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, My, oh, my. Um, So, Allison, we, we have witnessed here the last few years Panarin leaving town. Duchesne leaving town, Bobrovsky leaving town. Uh, and I'll I'll put Bobrovsky off to the side because Bobrovsky was a part of this team for a long time. Okay. Uh, Panarin came and left in two years. Duchesne was here for six weeks. Um, we've seen Josh Anderson leave. He was here a long time. We've seen Pierre-Luc Dubois leave. He was here a fair amount of time as well. Um, now we're talking, and I hope it doesn't, come across as though we're talking about it flippantly. These are human beings. Felino and Savard moving out of town. Yep. Um, we're witnessing the dismantling of the core of the Blue Jackets team that has given this city, this franchise, the best run of hockey that it's ever experienced. Four straight playoff berths, not going to happen this year, but four straight before this. What is the, what's the emotional thought of a Blue Jackets fan watching it end, watching it go like this? We're talking trading Rick, uh, Nick Foligno. For <laughs> Nick, Rick, Rick, Nick. Uh, Freudian tra- slip. Trading Nick Foligno for a draft pick. And you're like, wow, that guy didn't even have a name yet, you know? Um, your thoughts on on that and, and witnessing that and watching this dismantling in, in front of our eyes. Well, I mean, I, I I appreciate and would never diminish the emotional impact, particularly for someone like Felino, who's really made such a mark off the ice as well. His, I think his whole family, these fans feel like they know them. They've been through such journeys with the whole family. But, you know, I, I, th- that's why I laughed when you <laughs> said Rick. I mean, when Rick Nash got traded, it was going to be the end of the world. Everything was awful. Everything was terrible. Everyone hates Columbus. And, you know, Scott Housen makes this sneaky good deal that resets the next wave of evolution for the franchise. And change, the only thing that's constant is change. Um, change is necessary. I think that while maybe not as perceived painful as, as the Rick the final Rick Nash years, I think we've hit another one of those times where this organization has hit a threshold and they can't get through it with what this is. And that means a million different things. And so the core is going to change. That is possibly a great opportunity, but, and I'm not trying to be alarmist here, you better dang well make sure you either get Seth Jones signed or you know what he's doing because there's a second part of this exodus that I think would, in fact, be significantly damaging. Tell me more about that. Well, <laughs> I mean, here's the th- Again, this organization is strapped from a currency perspective, right? So if, if they have assets that they need to move, they need to get as much back as they can for every yeah. single asset. Seth Jones is a marquee player. Um, 
if he is not going to sign, if you need ready to go players, you need to move him before the final year of his contract. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And if he's not going to sign, and I know a ton of people poo poo this, if he is not going to sign here, you need to do everything in your power to control how this goes down from a PR perspective. Because which, which means move quickly. Yes. And have some sort of presentation of the whys and how it's executed and, and when the player talks and, and these kind of things and and treat the player fairly so that this all goes down in a respectful way to to him as well. The the flip side of this is if you think Seth Jones is going to be here and, and instead you you have to move a player like Zach Wierenski. And you move Zach Wierenski, and then you wait, and time oh, comes around, and you haven't yeah. signed Seth Jones? Gotcha. What? Yeah. I mean, that's disastrous. That is disastrous. It is. Yeah. And I have I have very strong thoughts on Seth Jones. I've been shamed for them a bit. Told I'm a little over the top with this, but I don't think I am. I don't think you can go to Seth Jones with just a contract offer. No. I think it needs to be a contract offer that that knocks him off of his skates, which is not easy to do. Yes. But I also think it has to involve uh, the complete aspect of of what it will mean to stay here. And I think that means selling him on this is the plan we have. This is what our next coach looks like. Yes. But tell us, what, what kind of coach do you think would be successful? You're not going to pick the coach. Correct. But we're, we want your input, and we'll look for a guy that's, that matches that. Um, or we'll, I'm sure we'll come to an agreement on what it looks like. Here's the captain's C, should Mr. Felino move on here at the trade deadline. We're going to involve you in the planning of the organization. Here is, a, here is our marketing team. And here's what we have planned for you over the next several years to give you a um, to give you a presence in the marketing aspects of your career that's beyond just Columbus. You've already mm-hmm. started to branch out into some national brands, which is great. Here's what else we can do for you. And if that's not the Blue Jackets marketing staff, it's the best marketing program in Columbus. Yep. Like get all of this involved. And present to him a complete package. I th- I think he needs to be one of the top five paid defensemen in the league. All of these things are sick are secular, circular, circular. They are cyclical, cyclical, and circular. <laughs> um, they you leapfrog the group, and then in the years after you sign, the group leapfrogs you. Yep. Um, Seth Jones right now is like the 46th highest compensated defenseman in the league. Right. That's how it works at the end of your, near the end of your deal. Um, so I, I think it, it has to be a complete, oh, you have to overwhelm him with the idea of staying here. But if he's not up for it, if that's still not enough, if you put everything on the table and it's still not enough, then I think he's got to be on the market and moved within days before it can be the, the topic that's so damaging to the reputation of this club Yes, that this is not a place where people want to be, that they can't keep their top players, yada, yada. Agreed. You can't have that anymore. You cannot have that conversation. Agree. Agree. 
And I think that I, I agree with everything that you've said. I think that I, I keep telling this story. I remember when Rick Nash left and I understood the marketing decision to shift away from highlight a player and then face the pain of losing that player. And we're going to highlight a team. I get it. But it's been however many years now. And this is a generation of players and athletes across many sports, not just hockey, that find value in their lives, just like any of us wants to find value in our lives. It's not just what you do when you're in the office walls nine to five, or or in this case, whatever the hours are, they're in the ice rink. And they, they need to make this player feel valued in many facets, just as you outlined, not just not even just the dollars on the page, but in all the facets that you outlined. And I think they need to be, I mean, if you have, can we talk about the marketing possibilities of Seth Jones, Zach Wierenski, Elvis Merzlikens? Oh my God. Oh my God. Please. Yes. Please. So again, and, and if some players may not want that fine, but some players may, and, and this club has strayed away from that. Again, I understand why, but it might be time to revisit that. Tell me you couldn't do a buddy cop promo with Jones and Wierenski. Oh. I mean, one of the best things this club used to do, and right. again, we're in different times now, is they used to do that uh, carpool with the captain. Yeah. And they'd hook up the car with, with cameras, and it'd be Nick driving around whomever. Those were freaking hilarious. Yeah, I mean, again, out there. a million opportunities. Yeah, it's but, more than buying a billboard, eh? That's right. Yeah, it is. We're excited to share with you a new podcast from The Athletic. It's called Shattered, Hope, Heartbreak, and the New York Knicks. Shattered is a documentary-style podcast series on the past 20 years of the Knicks, hosted by hip-hop legend Chuck D. from Public Enemy. The series tells all the wild, crazy stories from past decades of the Knicks under team owner James Dolan, including never-heard-before stories about the Dolans, the Knicks, and the NBA. Some of the former people interviewed include Patrick Ewing, Penny Hardaway, Jamal Crawford, Nate Robinson, former Knicks coaches and executives Donnie Walsh, Jeff Van Gundy, David Fisdale, Jeff Hornacek, and non-basketball voices Edie Falco, Andrew Yang, Adam Pally, and Andrew Schultz. New episodes of Shattered are released every Tuesday. Search for Shattered, Hope, Heartbreak, and the New York Knicks wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Allison, anything else we need to get to? <laughs> I think we've, we've covered it. <laughs> yes, we have. We're going to do an entire podcast on Seth Jones and his contract negotiation. Ooh, and yes. I'm thinking we could do a totally weird one where um, we both put together packages. Okay. And we make our own contract uh, proposals. Maybe we'll send it to his agent and let him laugh at us. Oh, God. Oh, God. No. Yes. But we'll. Uh, I want to really get in, into that because it is... I mean, there's so many big decisions ahead for this team. That feels like the one that the decision of retool or rebuild hinges upon. I agree. 100%. Yeah. All right. Anything else we need to get to in this one? Uh, nope. Buckle up. Hopefully it's a, it's a trade deadline and uh, there'll be more to discuss soon. Yeah. It will be a trade deadline. Well, thanks for listening to us so much. Thanks to our producer, Danielle Chip Lehman. And we will talk to you all next week. Next week.